Good love our gracious queens Are true and just queens Their time has come United Queendom This is an important announcement about Drag Race Season 14. Um, no, it's not that important. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that we will be recapping Season 14 of Drag Race, obviously, as if we wouldn't. And we'll be putting them out every Wednesday for the time being. I know usually we put them out on Monday, but because currently we are recapping two shows, and just like that, which you're listening to today, and, um, and now Drag Race season 14 starting so we're going to keep the and just like that recaps on monday and then do the drag race ones on wednesday for the next few weeks and then when and just like that ends by the way and just like that is such a hard title to say in conversation it's always very clunky very annoying but when and just like that ends in a few weeks we'll then start putting our drag race episodes back on monday again that could still change depending on what happens but um it's been really great that so many of you listen to the and just like that recaps i didn't know what was going to happen with them because um we know that our loyal listeners love our drag race recaps and we didn't have to be a lot of crossover with sex in the city or we don't know if maybe we've gained a bunch of new listeners who don't usually listen to the drag race recaps uh but the figures have been really strong especially over christmas when it's usually a time when um, people aren't listening to podcasts as much so that's been great so we want to keep up with that and then obviously bring you the drag race but we're also very aware that a lot of our regular listeners um, won't be watching season 14 because it's not on Netflix which is a bummer in a bad way because usually the gay community loves a bummer but this is a bad bummer like me Um, but for those of you who aren't watching season 14 please still do tune in for the first five minutes of our recaps as Sam and I will be doing a special spoiler-free POV intro where we give you a rough idea of what you're missing without talking about eliminations or wins or anything that would actually spoil the episode, which I assume you probably will watch eventually. I don't know if it's going to be put on Netflix after the season ends or whether they'll change their mind at some point, but I assume it will find its way to most of you eventually. And when it does... Um, I mean, it's going to be hard for those of you not watching to avoid spoilers, but we don't want to be responsible for them. So we'll just do a little five minute chat at the beginning for those of you who haven't seen the episode, because some of you have have told us before that you listen to the recaps without seeing the episode. And some of you have listened to the end just like that recaps without watching the show, um, which is an amazing compliment to us. It shows that you prefer our show to the ones that we're talking about. Um, so we don't want to take a break from you. We don't want to lose you. Uh, so that's the best way we can think of to get around that. Cause I know a few of you said you won't be able to watch it. Although I will happily give out my login to world of wonder while wow presents plus whatever it's called. If anyone wants it, um, cause they are greedy bastards. Um, but yeah, please do still join us. So you can have the spoiler free POV and find out what our rating is out of 10, which is of course a unique system that you can't really get anywhere else because we have now legally patented it. Um, So hopefully you'll be along for the ride in some capacity, and we will see you Wednesday. United Queendom! Um, Ed, I'm so, so sorry I was late uh, to meet you for recording this podcast. Um, that's okay. No one's perfect. Well, the thing is, I just, I can't find my shoe. Although, now I think about it, I think I must have lost it when I was zip-wiring in the rainforest. (laughs) <laughs> when was that? 
Well, exactly. Uh, it was very out of character for me and has never been previously mentioned, so I can't remember. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear you properly then because... Um, beep! Beep! <laughs> beep! There's just this beeping in my flat that's been going on for ages, but we can ignore it. Moon, you can edit round it, it's fine. <laughs> just close your fridge. It's the dishwasher. It's always the dishwasher. Oh yeah, dishwasher. Um, should we rate this episode? <laughs> Yes, we shall. And I am giving it a four. A four? <gasps> How low can you go? A honey. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm staying high, which is my motto to life. Um, I'm going to st- have an eight. Wow. This is interesting. I think, do you know what? I, I don't n- think necessarily the show is improving. I think maybe I'm just getting used to it. Because obviously there's a lot about this show that is different from Sex and the City. And it's just... When you're like us and we rewatch Sex and City a lot and we love it, it's a shock to the system. Whereas now, a few weeks into this, I'm starting to just, obviously my expectations are for it to be like the episode before. So I'm starting to just, I don't know, settle into it a little bit, I think. You know what that's called? Stockholm Syndrome. But I don't even speak Swedish. That makes no sense. <laughs> um, no, I like to, I've, do you know, I keep doing the same thing though. For the last few weeks, I've... I've given a high mark based on one part of the episode because, you know, I loved the Natasha bit and then I loved the lesbian sex. And then this week I, I ended up loving the kind of argument they have at the end. So really oh, there is, okay. it does feel like there is a lot of filler to get to these bits I'm enjoying, but I guess I'm a very cheap day. I will take whatever morsels, as long as there's a scene in the, each episode I like, I seem to be quite satisfied. Well, and ironically, there is a lot of filler in this episode because it's centred around... Surgery and Botox. Yes, something we know a lot about. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't want to share too much about your personal life. Oh, honey, it's out there. I don't have Botox, but I actually think it's time to start the journey. Because isn't it like prevention? Oh, yeah, I know you don't actually have it. I meant more you as in like someone who people often mention it to and like suggest it to, that kind of thing. <laughs> so it's just Someone at work did say that I should get it around my eyes. People have told me to get it, yeah. I mean, it's it's no matter how you dress it up, culturally, age, anything, it's like a very rude thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you know, when you've never felt your best and then someone goes, ooh, didn't sleep well last night. You're like, no, I got my usual 16 hours, thank you. Well, <laughs> what's the issue? <laughs> um, should we start off with, it's, the episode starts with Carrie and Anthony. They are viewing downtown apartments for Carrie. Yes. Um, for a second, I thought Anthony was like the real estate. Well, do you know what? I thought at the end of this scene, they were going to take, like, zoom out of the apartment and take off their... Clothes. What are those um, goggles? Three... Well, I hope not. <laughs> those 3D goggle things. What are they called? Uh, 3D glasses. Or, like, night vision goggles. Because those ones where you can zoom in and be in the world. Like, you oh, can virtual put them on and you're, like, fighting a dragon. Virtual reality. Because that apartment looks so fake. Yeah. but To me. But I guess it's expensive New York real estate. Maybe it probably does look quite fake, doesn't it? Like, there'll be sheeny new... It looks like CGI. Oh, like Jurassic Park type thing. Yeah, like even... Here we go, here we go with Jurassic Park again. <laughs> um, like, There's plenty of dinosaurs in this episode. When Seba's on the balcony... <laughs> Like, it looks like she's not on a balcony. It looks really fake, like, special effects. Oh, I didn't really I notice I just couldn't concentrate. Um, but Anthony got a couple of zingers in. He got out with the mould, in with the new, and he suggested Seema was a top. Is she too much of a top? So he's bringing 
I mean, there are a few laughs in this, in this episode, in this series, really, but Anthony's bringing what there is. Yeah, Anthony's the only one bringing the intentional laughs. Yeah, because Sex and City was always funny, but Samantha always gave us the laugh out loud moments, didn't she, really? And yeah. I think Anthony's the only one who can do that. They're still trying to... I think people are liking Seema from what I'm gathering. I'm still not fully sold, but she's kind of explaining her Netflix logins to her parents and stuff, which that's very real. There's a lot of a lot of relationships being lost and shared logins. That's a, a real life situation. Yeah. And she's lying to her parents about smoking, which we can all relate to as well, I think. I mean, she's 53, though. Yeah. I mean... At what point? She's not 25. I do know someone in their 50s, though, who still lies to their parents about smoking. I mean, maybe it's also a cultural thing, because that's the sort of a theme for her, this episode, like, the idea of her parents' culture. Maybe they're more traditional than she is. Um, But what did you think of this apartment, first viewing? Did you like it? I loved it, and I loved it throughout the episode, but I am a big sucker for a view and light. I mean, it actually kind of reminded me of my... I mean, this is very... A huge reach, but it reminded me of remember my old flat in Elephant Castle. I mean, it's nothing like this, but just the fact there's so much window and so much view yes. that, like, if you went in on a nice day, you couldn't be mistaken into thinking it was a nice flat. Yeah. And then when it gets to winter, you realise it's actually shit. <laughs> I wonder if that would happen. But remember, like, in the summer, you would boil to death, and in the winter, you would freeze to death. The summers were absolutely unbearable, and equally so the winters. <laughs> and to be honest, the springs and the autumns were not great either. So. But, and there was no, like, we were stuck, they're stuck in a corner. So basically, I lived in your flat. We went out every night. If there was a fire, we were fucked. You could not get out for love nor money. I know, but I don't think we would have wanted to at that point in our lives. I think we were ready to go. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't live there anymore. Oh, the good old days. And also, did you notice that Anthony did this little growl to Seema? Yes. Because of her leopard print. And I was wondering, is that going to be like a Che and Miranda new type of romance, do you think? Do you think that's the seed being set? Or do you think that's just a one-off flirtation? I think that's wishful thinking. Um, I think they're not each other's types. Seema likes a fan. Uh, I think... She... A crafty fag. She's that, she's that. <laughs> um, But also... I, right, okay. I know he's the replacement. I know uh, Stanford's not in it anymore. But it's a bit like Carrie. Can't you get your own friends? Like, this is Charlotte's bestie. They never hung out before, just the two of them. Are there no other gay men that you know in the last 30 years that you've lived in New York City? Like, how come... Ollie. Anthony's now your... Yeah, like, why Why Anthony now for everything? I know why in terms of the show, but, like, in terms of the characters, she's totally, like, friend-poached Anthony. Well, she's trying to make new friends because she's, like, inviting herself to Seamus' thing, which is... Really overstepping the mark, but I think maybe Carrie had kind of lost touch with a lot of her old friends. Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, that does happen in life, and I guess she'd kind of settled down and got quite cosy with Big. Maybe they... It sounded like the funeral, like, they'd all start to hang out with each other as couples and stuff, so... Mm. I think they probably lost touch with a lot of their New York friends, which we never really saw that much in the original series anyway. That's true. And Adsley says he's rebounding, and he's thinking about moving as well. Yeah, which I understand. Making a move on one of those bread boys, I assume. Um, I by mm. the way, I didn't notice anything that suggested that three months had passed. I thought this episode would be very aware of that because to to do that, it seems like oh, the next episode things are going to moved on along. But really, this whole episode could have happened without the three month break. 
Could it not? Yeah, like Marauders been wagging for three whole months. <laughs> Same. I mean, we all knew what lockdown <laughs> exactly. was like. <laughs> it's like, I thought she would have, um, you know, sort of popped out to get a bit more pussy in that time. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Miranda in Sex and City used to be very proactive, um, went for, after what she went what she wanted was a good student and she's just been quite lazy at the moment just wanking away rather than going out and getting some hot new skirt really <laughs> i feel judged <laughs> sorry i did it was a sly dig at you there's no need to get personal <laughs> we have um carrie having dinner with charlotte and miranda and we find out, this was one of the main parts of the episode, I think, Carrie is the strongest swimmer in the group, which I've always wondered. And I think <laughs> a lot of fans had wondered this. It's always brought up on the forums and stuff like that, and the show has finally let us know. Exactly. Um, also, Carrie would not be the strongest swimmer. I don't think Carrie would ever swim. She'd say something like, I only wear a swimsuit to pose by the pool. Yeah, exactly. And with her hair. I mean, Charlotte is probably a very good swimmer. Miranda. Yes, Charlotte's athletic. Lesbians swimming, it's just a match made in heaven. Samantha. Well, we've seen her bikini line. <laughs> swimming in cum for years. I mean, no way would Carrie be the strongest swimmer. I'm not buying it, and it's insulting, frankly. Well, look, she's an outdoors woman. The rainforest, the Hudson River. What's next? That really pissed me off recently when I rewatched that old episode of her when she screamed at that squirrel. And I was like, I'm sorry, oh. there are so many squirrels in New York you c- and you live near Central Park. There's no way you're not... Because squirrels are flying at you from all angles, bitch. I, I just... No. I know. So over the top, so dramatic. If I was Aiden, I would have seen a red flag right there to be like, this isn't going to work. Oh, yeah, definitely. The squirrel... I can forgive the cheating, but not the squirrel screaming thing. Um, no. So Carrie's saying, am I living or retreating when she's considering going back to her old flat? Mm-hmm. So I wondered, I couldn't help but wonder, could you live in the same place your whole life or for a long period of time? Or do you think you're someone who would need to regularly shake it up a little bit? Well, if it was rent controlled in New York um, and I didn't want to buy, I'd probably stay there for as long as possible. Emotionally, I can understand what she's saying. Like she's had a taste of other things. So it feels like going backwards. Maybe if she'd always stayed there. Yeah. Um, it, it might be a different thing. I, I think having all that space, like her closet with in Big's apartment is probably bigger than her whole old apartment. Yeah. So I would, for that reason alone, I'd be like, no, I need... But, but I would search for the similar style of my apartment, just bigger. Yeah, and I don't... Um, I mean, everyone's problems are relative to what they are. And obviously Carrie is grieving, so she's going through a lot. But there's also an element of, God, you're in a lucky position that you... Because most people who live in New York are struggling or they don't really have much luxury of choosing where they live. And Carrie in this episode just kind of treats exactly. where she lives as, oh, I might live there. Oh, no, I'll go back there. And it's just like, God, not many people get to behave like that when it comes to living in multi-million residences in New York. So she's a little bit irritating in that way, but also that's her life. So she's allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, because um, Bethany Frankel, who's a woman, I'm sorry to bring it up, Real Housewives of New York. Here we go. She um, got divorced from her husband, who used to leave poo in the toilet on purpose and not flush it to make her upset. <laughs> anyway. Uh, she, <laughs> um, she moved out and she was staying in, like, you know, whatever, the W, these crazy hotels. And... Um, she had a driver taking her to view apartments. She was like, 
I just can't take it anymore. I'm the richest homeless woman in New York. <laughs> and I think this this is like probably a thing that does happen for wealthy, you know, divorcees in the city. It's like some people have no choice. You know, most people realistically will split up and still have to cohabit. I know one couple who split up and they still had to share a bed. Yeah, and the fact that Carrie's apartment is just still always there. Like, usually if you moved, you'd have to sell one place to go into the other. And it just feels like, even though, obviously, she's widowed, it's a bad situation. She's still in quite a fortunate position in many ways. And I would like to hear her acknowledge that, to be honest. Also, I cannot believe she was eating seafood in front of Miranda after (laughs) what we witnessed in the last episode. I mean, it was very Mr. Pussy. She was just munching on those yes. fucking muscles. It's like, what are you trying to do to her? Um, and also, can I just point out when she said to Charlotte, and what kills me, you're volunteering. You don't even have to work. Oh, God. It's like, can we get a bit of, you know... I mean, she's not... The thing is, though, actually, I don't find her moaning too bad. It's not... I think old Carrie would be way more obnoxious about this. But it's, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, she's not moaning a lot. I just think she's kind of like... It's just a bit like, oh, poor rich woman. of like, oh, I don't know whether to live in this rich, fancy apartment or move back to my old apartment that I can afford to just keep there whenever I want. It's like, bitch, you're now a multimillionaire. You can actually live wherever you want. You can live and in all so of them. And so she reveals that she's, um, she's bought it even though she doesn't like it, which is interesting. Yeah. Bizarre thing to do. Yeah, although I did like what she said where she was like, I realise it's me that's the problem. Because if you've looked for months and don't like anywhere, I think she's just like... Well, I think I'll just have to, I know this place is nice. I'm just going to move in and learn to love it. And then they kind of tie that in with the discussion about arranged marriages. And I kind of liked that tie in. But yeah, I I did think it was a strange decision to make because, I mean, it's not, it will have cost a lot of money. Yeah, surely Seema would have, you know, she was saying, I want the crown mouldings. You know, she wants more original features. Surely there would have been apartments she would have shown her that had, that were more like old, older buildings and more classic style. Oh, definitely. And I think Seema will have taken her job quite seriously and wouldn't have sold the apartment if Carrie didn't love it. So it's kind of, and I think she would have, as a friend as well, made sure it was a perfect match. So I think that that's all quite unrealistic, but also not that important, so... I don't want to keep pointing yeah, out everything. About 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of have to use what they give you in these episodes because, I mean, we have an alarm going off being one of the main talking points, so we have to <laughs> save ourselves. Yeah, so then Carrie is alone and is she supposed to be talking to a ghost in the next scene? Well, I thought the next scene was uh, Charlotte with Lily. No, well, it's like a five-second scene before that where Carrie's sat in a chair and then she looks up in the ceiling and she goes, like, this isn't healthy or something like that or enough is enough, but it's like she's talking to a ghost. Well, some people... So, basically, there was an article yesterday that said that apparently in the last episode of this series, Chris North was going to be in it, but it's kind of like a flashback. So I don't know whether... Apparently she... I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't know if this is considered a spoiler, but apparently she's going to be in Paris... And Chris North was going to appear, obviously, as kind of a ghost of Big or just her internal voice or whatever. And I think they're not including that now, given the um, 
accusations made about him. But then I looked on Reddit, as I always do after this episode, and a lot of people said they thought Chris North maybe had some of those flashbacks in this episode because they said some of the editing was a bit weird and it looked like some bits had been cut out. So I think what you're referring to might have been an example of that. That's interesting. I think you're right because it on it was so random and it was not even a minute long. And she was just sat on her own reading a book and then looked up at something that wasn't there and said, like, this isn't healthy. But, like, it was like she was shouting at somebody. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even notice it, so it must have been quite brief. But, yeah, um, and also this is Cynthia Nixon's first episode, so maybe she's just shit at directing and that's why it's choppy. But let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say it's Chris Nuff being cut out. Yeah, well, she's directed six in the last original series. I want to look back and find out which ones they were and if I like them or not. Yeah, I'd be interested to know which ones it was. Um, And then after that scene, we get Charlotte. She's telling off Lily for wearing lip gloss, but you can tell she must be, like, secretly thrilled. (laughs) She's like, yes, please, as much makeup as possible. (laughs) Uh, But she's trying to correct herself because she calls them girls and then changes it to kids. And But the main issue I had with this scene is... Rose and Lily share a room. Exactly. I'm not buying it. Because how big is this place? Huge apartment. Exactly. Huge apartment and they share a room. And acting like, Mum, I want to redecorate my side. It's like, okay, if I was extremely wealthy, um, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. It only cost me a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, although I can imagine Charlotte and Harry wanting to teach them, like, the value of money and stuff. But I just don't understand. There must be loads of rooms in this apartment that are, what, like, filled with books or just crap? Yeah, even the pantry. Like, she has that huge pantry in the movie, you know, she goes inside and cries. Oh, yeah, I love that. When I met Kristen Davis at the premiere, I said to her, I thought that was such an amazing moment of acting. And she said... Um, that wasn't acting. I was genuinely crying on sex. The kids were driving me so crazy. Oh, that's... And I was like, well, God, try to compliment a bitch. But... <laughs> but also, that's can't... That's weird. They're not your kids. Well, I think just being around children that are shouting all day it can cause nervous breakdown. I mean, I think she was half joking, but... Um, okay. I, I terminated the interview oh. immediately and told her to move on, obviously. <laughs> Get a grip, woman. <laughs> slap, slap. Did you ever share a room with your siblings growing up? No, I didn't, thank God. But they're boys, so... It would um, be inappropriate. I... Although you were practically a boy. Yeah, you went to football you... camp, didn't you? Yeah, but that's just because my parents wanted to get rid of me for the summer. They could have sent you somewhere more feminine, to be fair. Yeah, they could have sent me to ballet, but I wouldn't have fit in the leotard. They wanted a rock. They didn't want a rose. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they have this conversation about the dolls being culturally inappropriate, which I hate these conversations. Because to me, it really implies that there's something wrong with the tradition. You know? Exactly. As if saying that, oh, it's offensive to depict it like this. It's like, I think that things like that that have been passed down for generations to generations have been celebrated and is often part of what the people are proud of with their culture. And now we're trying to dress them up as insulting. And it's like, I don't think that is the case at all. Exactly. And oh, okay, so now she, where she goes, are you Spanish? Are you, so, oh, okay. So now you have to be Spanish to, to own a doll that's dressed in traditional Spanish wear that they would sell to tourists. Anyway, if you went there, they would say, here's a traditional Spanish dressed up doll tourist. Now go take it back to America. They wouldn't get offended, would they? Well, I heard that that's actually a big point actually which is that it's affecting tourism because a lot of places around the world rely on tourism um 
financially, obviously, and people are being put off buying these things because they're considered culturally inappropriate, whereas actually it's showing appreciation and keeping mementos and things like that. And it's just like, I get where the extreme end of this conversation, it has something that makes sense, obviously, when you're going to like blackface and things like that. But the fact it's trickled down to owning a doll... I know. ...is a little bit ridiculous. A, a doll like this. And where does it end? I mean, I could tell to Lily, OK, you're appropriating womanhood. Put the lip gloss down. You're a child. No makeup. That's for 18 and over. Like, where does it end? Uh, you're Asian and you're dressed like an, an Upper East Side New York preppy princess. Are you appropriating that kind of culture? Yeah, it's just a slippery slope. And... Like, what, what should Lily be wearing? Yeah. I mean, everyone's cultures just all blend into one another and that's how it should be. And it just gets a bit silly. But now Rock Rose wants to cut her hair short. And I thought you could say that she wants to rock a new hairdo. Oh, you could say that, but you shouldn't. I'll try that one again. You could say that she wants to (laughs) rock a new hairdo. Ah, I get it. Sorry, I didn't hear you the first time. Sorry. It was one of those you have to think about. So you give it a few seconds and then... <laughs> yeah. Um, She's just hell-bent on looking bad. She just wants to have no style whatsoever. I know, which you can relate to, obviously. Done very successfully. I tell, Yeah, Rock is my spirit animal. <laughs> and speaking of animal, we get the flashbacks of Miranda's fingering. <gasps> what did you think of these flashbacks? Um, I thought they were bad enough the first time, but with a white background, it's actually, I think we need a trigger warning, or as I like to call it, a frigger warning in this context, which is, please don't at least fade into that. It just kind of pops up, so to speak. And yeah, very, it's very hard because a lot of people talking about how traumatizing it is. And it sounds like it's almost homophobic and it's not that at all. Like, of course, it's even not. in the original series, sex was never filmed this graphically. And I'm all for it, but it's... I can't pretend it's not a little... It catches you a little bit off guard. That's all I'm saying. And it's not even the sex. I mean, it's just... First of all, flashbacks. What is that? How cheesy is that? Is this, like, Sunset Beach? Like, what is happening Oh, my God, Sunset Beach. Did you used to watch Sunset Beach? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Anna used to wank. Um, I loved it. It was so silly. Do you remember the boat um, sinking? Sorry, we need to not talk about that. Of course. And then it was, spoiler alert, she's at the uh, checkout. She's working at the supermarket and it was all a daydream. (laughs) (laughs) See, they need the writers of Sunset Beach on this series because they could bring a lot more of that realism that we are sorely lacking. And the evil twin. Oh, God, which one? Jesus. Oh, exactly. But it's filmed with a white background, like you say. I literally can imagine them in the studio... Are they in front of, like, a backdrop re-filming it? Oh, I didn't even think or of that. I guess they must have been. Yes, because she's talking when she goes, do you want me to touch you? She's talking into the camera in that scene. So they've re-filmed it, and now I'm wondering, did they do that because they've had to cut so much crap out and Stanford dying or whatever? Have they just re-added that to make fill up the episode a little bit? Because it's very bizarre. I think I've just cracked it, and this sounds really bad, but Cynthia Nixon directed this episode... She is a famed lesbian. Do you think she... And she's, as you said last week, is an executive producer. So this whole thing might be her idea. Maybe she's just trying to get her as much as she can for herself, like Cynthia Nixon. So she directed this episode, was like, we need a flashback. We need to reshoot the fingering scene because she wants some of hers. 
Oh, maybe. I think that's it. To be what honest. you mean? She wants all the attention. No, she, Cynthia Nixon wants to be fingered. Oh, wants to be fingered. So she's as the director. She's like, guys, we need another scene of Che and Miranda, so that she gets off. <gasps> Imagine if Miranda, uh, Cynthia Nixon, gets hashtag she too. Oh my god! I mean, with how cursed this series is, I can see it happening. Some, because uh, that Shay woman, I feel like she's just being used and abused now. I mean, there's more scandal around this series than in the series, which yeah, is strange. They should have done a reality show instead of a scripted show. And and speaking of lack of drama, we get the um, the Naya coffee, Naya Naya yeah. with um, Miranda, Naya. and we learn about Fertile Myrtle. Fertile Myrtle, yeah, and Naya is building a women's refuge centre and she wants Miranda involved and I can't remember what happened after that because I fell asleep. It was so boring, this scene. I know, there's a lot of stuff in this series that um, I'm not even just saying because it's boring, even though it is, but it's like completely pointless. Like, I, I bet we never yeah. hear about that centre again. <laughs> it's just like, why, why did we um, talk about it? And am I wrong in thinking, and just like that is longer than Sex and the City used to be, isn't it? Yes, and it's Sex and City. Some episodes are only like 22 minutes long. I know, but when you think of Sex and City, how much happened? Like 10 times more stuff happened in Sex and City than and just like that. And it's like, why did you make this show longer with less content and <laughs> just really oh, drag it I, out? I, um, someone said in a podcast, I think it might have been Heather McDonald. Sorry, I mentioned her before, but she said something that's so true. It's like, they're now all like losers. Like, all of their lives are miserable or they're failing at this or it's like carrying her sad little podcast and, and, and you well, know, getting this talk. hip thing. And... <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least we own it, honey. Um, and it's like, there's no aspiration at all. And, and okay, it's a different vibe. It's not the old show. They, they're older. But that doesn't mean that there has to be no aspiration. They're just all really depressing. Yeah, it would be nice to see a few more fabulous moments because that is what Sex and City was. You like wanted to be them and then also got involved in all their complexities. No one wants to be any of these women right now. Let's be honest. No, and all get involved. It's like even when Miranda got braces and like the scene where she's mortifying and uh, she's like, okay, just tell me everyone. You're laughing because of my braces, you know, in the boardroom. It's a typo on page four, Hobbs. <laughs> that's interesting. And <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's interesting and that's funny and that's just about braces. And I don't want to know about this woman's shelter. No offense. I hope it gets built. I hope it shelters a lot of people, but I, I'm bored of it. I'd rather have braces. Yeah. And I'm kind of bored of Fertile Myrtle as well. Um, but we'll meet her later. Yes. We get. <laughs> Seema showing Carrie Indian clothes because um, she's going to yeah. take her to meet her parents. And I'm amazed that they dared even go in this region after Sex and the City 2. You would think the first meeting of them just like that would be, OK, let's not put any of the girls in other clothes. But it feels like they're almost doing it in a corrective way rather than... I, I guess. Again, it's like, why should you have to do that in the first place? Like, what's this weird obsession with being... Because this is the first episode where they've sort of mentioned cultural appropriation. So we can tick that one off the box to join all the other stuff. And it just made me laugh because that's obviously the theme with the dolls and now this. And it's like, Seema, educate me. Is it okay if I wear a sari? You know, it's so 
just like oh please i will say that they are they are brave to keep going into these as as much as it often isn't working for me they're brave to keep going into these topics because you would think after all the flack they've had it would be easier just i mean i get why they're ticking the diversity boxes but it would be easier just not to address a lot of these head on but it feels like they're just really kind of yeah like going head first into it all and kind of risking the fact that they might get it wrong all over again yeah because um they are actually being a little bit offensive about arranged marriage because they're they're talking about arranged marriage like um it's kind of like a forced thing where nowadays like it's from my asian friends uh tell me that it's actually not like that that you, you get introduced to lots of different people and then you find the one that you like it's not like here's joe it's and tinder basically yeah but it's your parents are the tinder it's not like they say right this is mike that's it oh i didn't know that so it's got you know? more flexible yeah 100 percent. and it's it, it's like they're you're dating and one of my friends said actually i like it but I'm doing it because my parents know me the most out of anyone. They know what I like, what I don't like. I trust them. Um, and it can actually take a while because you are meeting lots of different people. It just so happens that your parents are like introducing you to these people. Yeah. And the thing is, even if it was fast like it used to be, and that wasn't the case, um, they do tend to have much higher success rates in that part of the world than we do. So it's not like in the UK or in western civilization we've got marriage all figured out and cracked like we probably have the highest divorce rates anywhere in the world so it's kind of exactly we're not really in a position to be looking down on how any other culture is doing it especially when they're staying married whether happily is another story but right right if you look at and also Seema is her whole bloody storyline is she's single and she wants a partner maybe she should meet some of these guys that her parents are setting her up want to set her up with like give it a shot like, what's the worst that could happen? It's better than an imaginary boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, and then obviously the other big, the big thing that we touched upon, but it's such a huge topic, um, is the uh, Carrie losing her shoe in the zip line in the rainforest. What did you think about that? Do you think that's going to become the storyline? I actually have no recollection of that. <laughs> it rings like a faint <laughs> bell, but I think I just discounted it. What, at what point did she say it in the Indian clothes shop? Yes, so um, Seema says, um, oh, I can't remember, something about oh, following your instinct or something like that. And then Carrie says, yeah, um, you know, I should know. I lost a like a Batiga Veneta uh, sandal uh, zip lining in the rainforest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's coming back to me. It's all coming back to me now, Celine Dion. Um, yeah, that is... Are you meaning to tell me that Carrie Bradshaw ziplined across the rainforest? It seems very, very unlikely. I mean, she did do that thing where she had to do the net thing. Why did she do that? But that was for work, wasn't it? When she had to... That was the an trapeze article. Thing. And that was in Manhattan. Yeah. And she hated it. Who did she it. go with? Big wouldn't go. Yeah, and she hated it and she made it so dramatic. I think at the end, all her friends watched her, didn't they? She got the certificate thing. Yeah. But she's up for trying new things. She's going to wear a sari. And as Samantha would say, yeah. sari Bradshaw. So they're flirting with the um, cultural appropriation again, or cultural appreciation. But this time they address it head on because Seema says it wouldn't be cultural appropriation because I'm taking you to my house and you're appreciating it. So it's almost like they're answering their critics yeah. here, isn't it? Before they've even had a chance to say anything. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know why she wants to go to this. Well, I mean, she's living alone and she's widowed, so I guess she's not being inundated with invites. Oh, God. But yeah, I don't really know why she'd want to go either. I don't really understand why her and Seema are friends. Like, their brief interactions so far have involved a, a two-way argument. <laughs> it's like now they're, like, best friends. But Yeah, exactly. They're not going out. They're not going clubbing or anything. I guess it's just the smoking thing. I think Harry would be friends with almost anyone who still smokes and Seema's the last person smoking on the island. So yeah. they have to be best friends. That's true. And then we go to this huge ass storage unit. My God, what must that cost a month? That's what I put. I was like, this <gasps> is bigger than my house. Fortune. Wow. I just live in the fucking storage unit. I know. And also, typical Carrie. Listen, I know it must have all been a blur, but I might have had a bit of foresight with this and marked some boxes, like big stuff, so that I would know to avoid it, to avoid this moment where she's shocking herself with grief and flashbacks i would have labeled the boxes carry stuff big stuff so that i'd know what's what well i believe i can imagine she wouldn't because i mean i don't label any of my boxes and moving is absolute hell for me and i think carrie is my kind of shambolic person so i do think she would do that and i also yeah. think she wouldn't have even moved them has packed them herself i bet she because you know you can no, hire people to do it all for you um yeah so yeah, I can imagine she would have done that. Uh, Charlotte said at some point in this scene, you have to take your time with it and then makes the comparison like I did when I was dating in the 90s. Yeah. I was like, uh, Trey, who you like got engaged with on the spot. Yeah, I know. I don't think Charlotte was famed for taking her time. And then while getting divorced to Trey, immediately got pretty much engaged to a divorce lawyer. What are you talking about, bitch? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> set the date. Set the date. I gave up Christ exactly for you. waiting for a proposal. <laughs> she was manic. She was frothing. Um, she was. But they give the advice you should only take things that spark joy into the new apartment. So for me, that would just be biscuits and I would leave everything else. I don't know about you, honey. Well, I would admire your willpower if you put them away in storage. Well, because, you know, putting away my empty packets to smell lighter, probably. <laughs> But there was a really, uh, probably one of the most impactful moments of the episode is when Carrie finds Big's records and it does seem to like hit her like a punch, doesn't it? And and that's very relatable because yes. I think a lot of times people who are grieving say that it's those little moments that catch you off guard and she acted it really well, so. Yeah, and it's nice to get a glimpse and I think it's kind of like she's just in denial putting her head down because remember in the early scene of like the second episode, maybe it's the funeral, when Steve says, by the way, is Steve okay? Where is he? Yeah. Says, um, she, like, she hasn't even cri- cried yet. And Miranda says, yeah, but is that a good thing? So she's obviously repressing and pushing down loads of stuff. So it's nice when we get little moments like this. And like when she shouted at Car- um, Charlotte in the hallway um, for like five seconds, you know, like coming out in little bursts. I know, but I wish, I feel like there was a lot more opportunity to have more of these moments. Because like you say, at the beginning, I thought they were doing a thing where Carrie would repress and then it'd all come flooding out. But they've kind of just done a thing where she seems fine most of the time and then every now and then we get a little glimpse. And maybe that is an accurate portrayal of grief, but I just feel like there's so much material to be done with Carrie having lost big. And given that they're not, like we're getting so many of the storylines that are kind of nothingy. I just feel like that's a good resource of content that they're not tapping as much as they could be. 
totally. Do you know what I was hoping for? Some kind of 28 days Sandra Bullock, like not a rehab, but like a something where she just checks herself into somewhere. She meets a character like Samantha and we see these dichotomy like Miranda and Charlotte back in Manhattan. Charlotte in this mental like recuperation facility, you know, something like that. We could get like a girl interrupted vibe. I was kind of hoping we'd go that way. I'm liking it. You should pitch that for season two. I'm on board. Oh, I don't know if I want to be involved in this project, to be honest. I don't want it on my name. Not after the beeping storyline, which I initially (gasps) thought was a lesbian alarm system that she had installed to make sure if Miranda and Che came round (laughs) that she was safe. But also she was cooking in a hat. Um, First of all, Carrie cooking. she's gone insane. What was she cooking? She's gone insane. (laughs) I think it was like smoked salmon. It looked like smoked salmon with lemon and salt. And also, are we supposed to think that they didn't copy Phoebe Buffet's beeping up all night storyline? That is what I thought as soon as I heard it. I was like, are they doing a Phoebe? Is she going to end up smashing it to bits? Like, pick an original fucking, like, thing. It happens to everybody, but, like, really? The whole episode? And we never actually find out, Neam, what the beeping was. So I don't know if they're saving it for the finale (gasps) or like if they do another film, maybe it'll be addressed there. But I was like, (laughs) when are we going to find out where the fuck this beeping was coming from? Also, Carrie was so nice to her, what you call them, maintenance people. Because for me, I'd be like, come now. Like, what if this is a fire thing? Like, come and like, tell me it's okay. Doesn't she have, um, does she have like headphones or like, in the night, if I couldn't stop the beeping, but like, right, I'm going to put headphones in and just listen to music so I don't hear the beeping. And then she lay in bed all night with her sunglasses on. She's gone cray-cray. She could have put some of Big's records on. Moon River. Moon River. <laughs> also, she's, she's got asparagus. I don't know if you noticed that on the counter. Uh-huh. And it's like, when you've just pissed the bed, why would you be eating asparagus? Which is known <laughs> for being like, making the smelliest piss known to man. Just a lot of stuff is not tracking. <laughs> and she got a new mattress from, was it 1-800-MATTRESS? Well, you would have to, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. I mean, I say that. I've pissed the bed many times and not got a new mattress, so <laughs> I just turn it over. <laughs> oh, great. I have slept in your bed a lot. This was in the Elephant and Castle flat. But yes, you were sleeping there then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you probably pissed on me, actually. You pissed my bed before as well. but But not after asparagus. That's just crazy. Um, and then we get to the, to the scene with the surgeon and Anthony says he wanted to get his and his facelifts while they planned to him in Stanford. Um, yeah. Would you ever get a facelift? Yeah, sure. Why not? I get it on Groupon. How much do you think it costs? I think. Oh, a good one. Easy. 40k. Easy. 40k? Yeah, easily. The top ones in New York or Beverly Hills. Jesus Christ. Photo. But I would do, I'd be like, um, since I'm under, I'll get tummy tuck, boobs, um, my kneecaps, and a toe shortening. Toe shortening. You do have ugly feet, I will admit that. Um, oh my God, I do not. You do, but it's more... I'm obsessed with my feet. I think it's more the colour, because it's like very bluey purple. <laughs> I think, could you... Don't be racist. <laughs> Blue feet matter. Um, I'm blue. Um, Why would you get a facelift? No, I wouldn't. Especially now you've told me how much it costs. I thought it'd be like 10k and still it was a no. 
Um, I would get... So, what I always say is, do you remember what Graham Norton's eyes used to look like? Funnily enough, no. Not off the top of my head. They used to be really, really puffy and baggy. And I suffer from bags and circles. And he had surgery. And since then, it really did transform his face. I mean, I'm not saying he looks great. But, I mean, if you look at before and after, it really did take years off him. So I would consider getting the Graham Norton eye puffy surgery. That's his technical term. Not now, but maybe in 10 years. Yeah, that's what they call it now. <laughs> um, but be careful, because Liam Neeson had a facelift, allegedly. And he went from sex god, sit on my face, to... Get away from me. He looks like a woman. Liam Neeson was never hot. Let's just start there. Are you joking? And also, I haven't even noticed his face change that much. Oh, my God. Liam Neeson is the grieving widower in Love Actually. It's the only good bit about that film. I think it's the worst bit. And when he calls the child a motherless whatever he says, I think it's highly inappropriate. <laughs> like, his mum has just died. Like, I think it's too soon to be joking. And also, why is this kid more concerned about his crush at school than his actual dead mum? I know, he's gonna... And also, like, how come... Why does the kid look like a lesbian leprechaun? I mean, there's just so many questions. I just can't deal with it. And also, that girl that sang at the end, I'm sorry, I don't think she's a good singer. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, and yeah, what was Martin McCutcheon doing there? So many questions. Um, but what we don't have to question is whether Fertile Myrtle is pregnant again. Because she is. And she lets um, Naya and her very hot boyfriend know it as soon as they sit down. Yeah. And then they drop a bit of a clangor when the guy says, a couple like you's got to have babies. And it's like, oh, you just wouldn't say that because you just know not to say that. Yeah, I mean, people, the thing is, I think they wouldn't say it to them because they know that infertility struggle. People do say that shit, though. When I was trying. um, Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, my God. Why haven't you had a kid? You'd be such a good mum. And then you just go home and cry, you know. Okay, who said that? You're just adding stuff now. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. I swear to God. People said, why haven't you had a kid? They didn't say you'd be a good mother. I don't believe anyone. Oh, yeah. Well, I did say they were smart. (laughs) And, yeah, you would say that to a friend. I think also, like, if I was Naya and I'd self-care that shit and I would not meet up with Fertile Myrtle at all. No, it's like, why are you even friends with these people? They're just making you... F- I mean, I guess Fertile Myrtle was a little bit better because when her boyfriend said that, she stopped him. So she was wary enough to be like, yeah. okay, don't say that. But um, Yeah, if anything, if the Fertile Myrtle's boyfriend was the prick, not Fertile Myrtle. Well, I guess Fertile Myrtle... Her, yeah, they slagged her off not for being fertile. It's for fact she always brought it up, which I guess she did. But I guess yeah. you can't not tell your friends at dinner that you're pregnant. So what's she meant to do? So I guess there's a little bit of jealousy with how fertile she is. Yeah. Also, why would you be friends with someone gone Myrtle? I mean, I know get it's fun for the rhyming in this case. But like generally, <laughs> like if I was saying oh, I'm off to meet my friend Myrtle, I'd be mortified if anyone thought that. It just... Yeah, there's a... You don't, don't watch Harry Potter, but there's Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Moan. And I just don't think anyone's called Myrtle for 100 years. If if not longer. And also, I'm, I'm really not getting real dinner party here. I'm getting, like, nothing about these four sat around a table. Seems like real conversation, real people. It just... I'm getting, like, Netflix Christmas movie cheesiness. Oh my God, yes, it's so true, true. And also, I know we haven't had enough time with these people, but again, I don't, I've, you know, I'm interested that they brought up this fertility thing, but 
I don't really care that much about them as a couple. Like, I don't care, really. Like, she's sort of on the fence about having a child in the first place. Um, He's about to go on tour. You know, it's just... It's not it's not gripping me as I think they feel like it would grip people. Yeah, I don't Do you know what I'm saying? I don't care at all. And the thing is, every time any of these characters has been on screen, usually it's with one of our girls. So it's like you might not care, but at least they're relating it to something to do with Miranda, Charlotte or Carrie. But here, I think this might be the first scene where one of them is just doing something without any of ours and it's like why should we care about this person? Like you haven't really made us like her yet. I mean, her first few scenes were like awkwardness with Miranda that's not in- really endearing she like I just that's so true I wonder do you think they film again they film this later to for filler I think Chris North was meant to be at this dinner party and they cut him out and that's yeah. why it's so boring and he was meant to be a ghost scene no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know if they if they were meant to be using flashbacks um but also, it's, don't forget, Cynthia Nixon directed it, and it's Cynthia Nixon, it's uh, it's Miranda's friend in the show, so maybe she's trying to flesh out more of a thing for Miranda's friend so that they have more of a thing moving forward. And speaking so of maybe flesh, it's like... the next scene, oh. <laughs> um, Miranda is masturbating, um, probably using Louisa's strawberry lube that she opened up last week, I would imagine. Yeah. Brady's at the door. <laughs> oh my god. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> this is um Mommy's coming. I, I thought that was a proper throwback. <laughs> but like okay, I um obviously as a man and a woman, you're a woman technically. Uh the masturbation uh-huh. is different, but f- for a man in this instant, you definitely would stop masturbating if you were going to have a conversation. Because all you have to do is stop moving. With your child. Yeah, or or anyone. You wouldn't keep trying to talk. But is it different with a woman? Because, like, I get that if you're close, maybe if you stopped, it would, like, you have to start all over again. Is Am I right in thinking that's something? No, you can you can pick up uh, where you left <laughs> off. <laughs> Are you doing it right now? <laughs> yeah, you're saying, so, you're saying most people stop when they're talking to people, but... <laughs> but... But give me a good reason why you would keep speaking to your son while you're masturbating. Pervert. Is there a good reason? So you think she's getting off on it? I get it, he's it's cute. disgusting. I can't imagine. But she's his mum. In a million years. Have you ever been caught masturbating? No. Have you? I think when I was young once... No, I don't think. I know. My grandma once walked into the room when I was and I stopped. But you know, if you stop, you still your pants are still down. And the quilt was over me. And I think she, like... I remember her walking over and going, what are you doing? And, like, lifted the quilt. And I was like, this is, like, really humiliating. Oh, my God, Grandma! I was like, yeah, you caught me. Please now leave. (laughs) You don't have to see it through to the end. Um, Not the fucking quilt as well. Grandma's quilt. Oh, no, it was... She was looking after us in my house, I believe. Okay. I think maybe she genuinely didn't know what I was doing. Maybe she thought I was doing heroin under the quilt. And you know what? Maybe I was. It's all a blur. She probably probably would prefer that. But I think I think it maybe it is easier for men because you do just all you have to do is stop. No, it's easy for women as well. Honestly, it's um, it and at least oh, at least turn the vibrator off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's very odd. A very loud vibrator. And Brady knew, poor Brady. Although Brady's, uh, I, I mean, know. made them listen to him banging away. So I guess he can't really 
judge. Maybe this is Miranda's revenge. This household is a mess. Like, Steve's literally checked out. Hearing-wise and physical presence, the guy's nowhere to be seen. We've got some random slut who's, like, wearing a T-shirt and no knickers and no bra, ordering lube about the place, eating us out of house and home. Us. It's my house. Brady's leaving his semen-soaked knickers in the kitchen. And now we've got this, wanking to your son's voice. Someone call Child Protection Services. Maybe that's what Steve's off doing. He's building a case. He had to hire another lawyer. <laughs> Find one that didn't know Miranda, which has been a struggle. Um, and then we get more... Oh, maybe she'll <laughs> end up in the shelter. Oh, we're finally connecting the dots here. We really are. <laughs> and then we get more sex because Naya is having sex with her man. Which was so fake, by the way. So fake. But I have to say, how hot is this guy? Oh, he's gorgeous. And I think they need to show yeah. him fully naked because I think that's the real diversity that we're missing from this show. His dick. Exactly. Uh, if they really want to get woke, yeah, I want to see his cock. But um, <laughs> a very... F- we should see some more naked men, I think. Yeah, we've both seen... I have seen none. We didn't get to see Steve's ass. I was hoping we'd see that this season. We haven't really... Have we even seen any boobs? Uh no. Because the Miranda and Che thing was clothed and then Naya in this scene, she we didn't see her boobs, did we? Obviously we never will see Carrie's boobs. No. I guess Samantha was always a big part of the nudity, wasn't she, really? And whoever she was with. We, yeah, we used to get the odd um, flicker of uh, Miranda's nips. Even Charlotte's nips sometimes, but they're usually quite in a tasteful way. Yeah. Um, no, no, no boobies. But also, don't forget, again, Cynthia Nixon directed this this one, so I just feel like Cynthia Nixon is now, like, in a phase of life where she'll really try to not have women nudity. Well, as long as it's equal, so we just need to see both, really. Um, exactly. I have a... Okay, do you just want... Okay, let's just... Do you just want to see penis? <laughs> I just want to masturbate while my son is outside the room. Um, oh, I have a prediction to make. Okay. I think that this hot man that Naya's with, I think he's going to get someone else pregnant and that's going to be her storyline <gasps> and that's going to be, like, devastating oh. for her because it's, like... I mean, I feel like that maybe won't happen because there's a little bit of, like, almost stereotyping in that of, like, a black man cheating and getting someone else pregnant and maybe they w- would want to avoid mm. that. But something about this just makes me feel... Like something really bad's gonna happen to her. Otherwise, the storyline is so boring. I mean, well, he's. He... If she just gets pregnant, that is just and makes that shelter. I will die. Makes that shelter. <laughs> um, he is quite. Is he quite younger than her? Well, she's not that old, is she? She only meant to be like thirty-eight. Well, in the other show I watched, the morning show, she's quite old. But I don't know if that's just. Her range is an actress. she's like early 40s. I think so, yeah. But he's doing, like, he's giving me a vibe of, like, I don't really want this. You know, like, in Juno, when uh, Jason Bateman's like, I don't want this, and she raises the kid on her own. Oh, I love Juno so Like, much. he's giving me that vibe, me too. Like, he's going to go off on tour. I'm going to rewatch it tonight. <clears throat> you do you. Just please don't masturbate. <laughs> Not to Jason Bateman. I never got the appeal, to be honest. Why? Is he a heartthrob? I think a lot of people fancy him. I think he's in that, like, Paul Rudd category of, like, oh, friendly, relatable guys that we fancy, and it's just not for me. Not that they're offering, Oh, but... Paul, Paul Rudd, I'm sorry, has hoodwinked everyone. I get such mistrust with Paul Rudd. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> everyone loves Paul Rudd, but you don't. 
I'm telling you, I think he's evil, allegedly. Oh, my mum talks about him all the time. She's like, oh, that Paul Rudd. I'm like, you don't know him and he doesn't know you. Oh my God, me and your mum, have, we knew about Jimmy Savile before anyone else. No, my mum likes Paul Rudd. Oh. But yeah, she does hate a lot of the same people you do. <laughs> Paul Rudd has definitely got a Rudd winked though. Um, we get in the back to the doctor's surgery and it's Anthony... And his doctor is Mr. Broadway himself, Jonathan Groff. Are you a fan? Um, I did not know that that was a man that was on Broadway. Please tell me more. Oh, I thought you'd know about him. So he, no. I believe, originated the role in Book of Mormon. And then he originated the role in Hamilton of You Will Be Back of King George, which is one of my favourite songs oh. from a musical. And I think he's done, I think he's won a few Tonys and been in loads of stuff. And then I mainly know him because he was in Looking, which was a gay, I think it might be in HBO, a gay show in America set in San Francisco, which I loved, which sadly got cancelled after two seasons, even though it's much better than the likes of fucking that, what's that thing I hate? It's a Sin and Queer as Folk and all those ones. It's a really good gay show, but okay. because it is actually good, only gay people watched it. So like it got cancelled, but he was really good in it. Um, and yeah, he's very talented, but also there's something about his face that makes me want to punch him. Wait, okay, so my gay dart is off, so he's gay. Oh yeah, he's gay. Big time. Okay, so I was trying to work out, am I meant to be reading gay or not gay? Well... But I did read gay in the end. He's not... He, in, in everything he is, he's always like... It's hard to tell if he's gay or not. Like, even in his gay show, he was a very straight acting gay. But yeah, the actor is gay. And again, I mean, we, we've talked about this a few times it was like when they had the conversation with the lawyer with Biggs Will and when they had the Carrie's back consultation all these professional people are overly familiar and their dialogue is weird and it's not funny and it doesn't even need to be funny like we don't need him to be a character we'll probably never see him again so I get that he had a cameo but if you're gonna have a cameo and you want it to be funny you could have made him really over the top and crazy but you just tried to like... Yes. It, I just didn't like... And like when he said to um, Anthony, you're hot, you don't need Botox. I'm like, first of all, what surgeon is saying that when that's what you're there to make money off of? And it's unprofessional to call your, someone hot. Someone hot. Hello, in this era, hashtag me too. Like, that is so inappropriate. Such thin ice. To talk about your assistant like he did. Her, if, if my boss talked about me in front of uh, clients like that, that is so out of order. That's so unprofessional. You're meant to trust your medical team. And it's not even really funny. Like, if it was really funny, it'd be like, oh, I can see why they included this because it added, it gave us a laugh. But it's just, like, pointless. And then they turn to Carrie and she's like, so I don't usually look like this. My husband died recently. And I love that she's still using it. She used it to get those free rolls before and now she's using it as an excuse for that <laughs> yes, rough-ass face. Use it forever, bitch. But I use it and my husband's still alive. <laughs> Should we tell the story of the time when I saw you at your worst? When you showed up, um, Ed's a very punctual person. He's never late. Um, and he's not usually like that early. He's usually on time. And we were meeting, you were meant to come to my house. Was it for lunch or something? Yeah. And he arrived 20 minutes early. <laughs> and I was running late. I hadn't had a shower yet or anything. But up before that point, he'd when I just had the baby like six months prior and every time I'd seen him, it had been arranged. So I'd had a shower or... I think it was like nine months prior. Whatever. <laughs> and anyway, he turns up and apparently I could 
I don't believe this, but he said that I was in such a bad state. Weren't you quite worried for me and weren't you going to be sick when you saw me? I was absolutely horrified. It was like in a horror film when something pops up, like clothes, hair was everywhere. Her face was just like covered in all kinds of stuff. Her clothes were covered in every stain imaginable. There was just so many different colours, textures, smells. It was just like <laughs> Wurzel Gummidge creature from the Black Lagoon. And then Chloe was like... I think I was bleeding through my trousers as well. Oh, there were so many different types of liquid and excretion. And she was just like, oh, well, now you're here. I just won't bother getting ready. And I was like, honey, you turn around. You march up them stairs and get ready. Because I had no idea this is what it looked like. Because usually when I see you, you're not like massively dolled up or anything. So it's not like... <laughs> So it's not like you're coming down in a ball gown and full hair. So, so I thought that was your standard, what I usually saw, but that is actually the upgrade. And this, oh, it was scary. Yeah, honey, that is how bad it is. And then you message your friends with kids saying, oh my God, I had no idea that this was the actual reality. I had handprints of on my top that were handprints of sick. <laughs> I honestly had no idea. And it makes total sense because like when I'm just relaxing about the house obviously I look a state I think everyone does but I think and that's what I but I didn't realize with a child that kind of is times 10 because then you've got obviously as adults you don't make that many stains on yourself and stuff but you were just coated in shit it was awful I know and I hadn't brushed my hair for like 10 days very you greasy you have to like go right she's asleep okay I've got about 10 minutes to brush my hair then I'm gonna see if I have time to wash my face if not then I'll just have a whore's bath and we'll be on our way. But, like, your husband must see you and stuff, like, in the house. Who? Must be off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot he died. Um, I love that they turned Carrie on the machine into, like, old Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of I ridiculous. I remember that girl. And, but I don't believe that Carrie would ever have ever considered having a facelift. So I don't believe that really but i i get why they did it for the purpose of this is quite a fun i don't know topic of conversation to crop up yeah but again it's bizarre because even now she's still like two years younger than samantha was in like the last series and they're treating carrie like she's this old bag oh yeah i never thought of that samantha being in this would have added such a different perspective because they and that's why, because isn't one of the reasons say, like, she was sick of the ageism. She didn't want to be a part of the ageism. And it's so true. They're so ageist. They're making Carrie out like she's 70. Yeah, and then but then she discusses it with Charlotte Miranda at their picnic. And I loved this because it was like proper old sex in the city. It felt like they had a good topic yeah. to get into. They had really different views. And I just felt like this is how the whole show should be, really. It's a shame it's like we're only getting it every now and then. But I love that they had to write in that Charlotte is pro-surgery, which I think is just because of Kristen Davis, because her face is so obviously done. Because I actually don't think Charlotte would have been like that. It's very Leslie Ash. Yeah, but they can't ignore the elephant in the room there. I think she would be like that. Like, um, like I said before, she's a Upper East Side girl. I think she would have had Botox and stuff for sure. Yeah, maybe. I think, but not to the level of Kristen Davis, where it's really obvious she's had it. No, her mouth is fucked. Yeah. Although she settled into her face a bit more. It was a bit more of a shock the first episode. Yeah, it was. I also like the way they weaved in the non-alcoholic bubbly because I thought that the alcoholic story would be like a big dramatic thing. But now it's just kind of a... And I think this is how it would go in life. It's like, okay, now we're all adapting a little bit to help Miranda and they're quite matter-of-fact about it and it's quite... 
Nice. Yeah, so is she not in treatment or anything or going to... She's just doing it cold turkey. Well, yeah, I guess she would, wouldn't like, you? on her own. Because she just sort of slipped into yeah. drinking too much and now she's just stopping. So I guess... Yeah. You wouldn't always automatically turn to... I just got that book. She has the book. Um, <laughs> and then she starts admitting all about Che, which Carrie already knew about because obviously she saw it firsthand. And I mean hand. Um, but this is the first time Charlotte's hearing about it. After Charlotte admits that she finds Che attractive as well, I was like, Jesus, what kind of lesbian orgy are we heading towards here? I know. what We need to meet this Che because apparently they've got powers that I just do not translate on the screen for me personally. Oh, I get, I get the appeal, I think. But we got what I consider my quote of the episode where Miranda said... I think I know what it is. It was not an affair, it was a finger. <laughs> it was a finger, yeah, that's my favourite too. We've all used that one before. But there were a few good quotes here. There was when Charlotte, when Miranda referred to her as them, and then Charlotte went, them? There are others? Like, <laughs> there are others? <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then when she says, you're not progressive enough for this, and then Miranda... That was a good one. That was like the the final insult where I was like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> you can call me an alcoholic. You can call me a cheat. You can call me a bitch. But <laughs> do not question how progressive I am at the moment because that is the final straw. And I also like, uh, I told you, you should have dyed your hair. <laughs> Charlotte was like the queen of this scene. She had so many good lines. And it, and it was so Charlotte, like this is where, what I imagine Charlotte would be like at this age. Just like stuck in her ways and just like, kind of judgmental but kind of nice about it and I was just like yeah I really enjoyed this scene yeah and it's like she says like why does everyone have to change like can't some people be the same and I I understand that you know it's a moving world and things are changing and it must um because someone I think it's also sorry it was Heather McDonald again I think who said it's like they've all been in like a coma and then they've woken up and just been plonked in modern Manhattan and then they're like what is all this trans stuff it's like they haven't been on the planet for the last 10 years. Oh, um, yeah. I read Benda LaCreme, the drag queen. She tweeted, actually, um, this show is a lot funnier if you imagine they've been in a coma for the last 20 years and they've just re-entered society. Right. And I think it is exactly. true. It's like a lot of this stuff they would have gradually got used to, but it does feel like this is the first time they're experiencing any of this stuff. Exactly. And they're in Manhattan, the most, like, apart from LA and maybe, like, some parts of Texas, the most liberal, blue... Uh, city imaginable and it's like they're acting like they've never heard of wokeism before in their lives but I can understand what Charlotte's like why is everyone can't some people just stay the same you know and it's interesting it's like where does someone like Charlotte fit into this this world and she's trying to figure out Miranda Miranda's trying to figure out who she is and it's especially touchy for Charlotte because obviously she's going through what she is with Rose slash Rock so she's just like yeah. very touchy about, I don't want people to change. I don't want any of this stuff. It's like, and Charlotte in the original series was always very into labels, wasn't she? Like when Carrie dated a bi guy, she was like, no, I want it gay or straight. Nothing in between. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then Carrie convinces Miranda to come back saying, we already lost Samantha. People are gone in a second. And it feels like she was referencing big, obviously, but also fans of the show on Reddit said maybe Willie Garson that Willie Garson yeah I thought Willie Garson which is sweet because they're all well. grieving in so many ways in the show was the on-screen grieving for big and then the actors themselves grieving for losing their friends so it's a lot of levels to this yeah and um and then Carrie's in a sari and with some very rocking hip-hop happening uh Asian music 
And Seema's smoking up a storm in that very stinky car. <laughs> and they go to her family do, which just looks to be like a lunch. And the thing about the made-up boyfriend, Dennis, I don't believe Seema would have warned Carrie because she's a very prepared, organised person. I don't think she would have, like, risked Carrie, like, giving the game away. So I don't think she would have left her, like, to find that out yeah, by herself. Yeah, it's like the rock. The rock surprise again. It's like these people are not communicating uh, behind the scenes at all. I did like her line, I made him white so that when we broke up, my parents wouldn't be heartbroken. Yeah. But I'm still not loving her and I don't think I am going to. It's just something, a disconnect between myself and Seema, I'm afraid. No, and, you know, again, it's like, all very well and good, her culture and stuff, but that's not a storyline, is it? I think I'm probably more interested in her storyline than BLT or um, Naya, but I'm still not really interested in any of them. I'm most interested in Naya's storyline, I think. I like the conversations that Naya's storyline is provoking, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not invested in what happens to her, like whether she gets pregnant or not. But I do like the no. conversations about motherhood and having it all and the grass is always greener. But also I feel like they've kind of already had them, so I don't know where there is to go with that, really. Yeah, I want that little Chucky back. <laughs> that was the most entertaining thing. <laughs> that Chucky is getting Emmy-nominated, trust. And <laughs> yeah. I, I heard a rumour that Kim Cattrall actually played that Chucky, but I don't know if that's definitely true. But Well, did you hear the rumour about Samantha Jones? No. What is it? Uh, the word on the street is that the because Darren Starr also does Emily in Paris on Netflix. And yeah. um, have you seen that? No, I hear it's awful, but in a good way. So maybe I should watch yeah. it. Yeah. That's very me. Well, it's, it's, I, I've watched it. I've, I, I feel like they're trying to, they were trying to be good. And then, but anyway, it's, well, the rumour is Samantha Jones is going to be on Emily in Paris as a character. Kim Cattrall. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Because he would own the proper, I mean, the intellectual property because it's still his. Yeah. And it's so clever because she's in Europe. She's in London. Um, Emily is in PR. Ooh, a full episode of Samantha just slagging off Carrie and laughing about big diet. Oh, it'd just be fantastic. <laughs> it'd be such a fuck you to all. And Patricia Fields, I think. Patricia Fields does the costumes for Emily in Paris, I think. Well, and she... Is, um, didn't return for and just like that, did she? She's one of the few who no. said no, and apparently she's and team she's... Kim. Exactly, and she's all over Kim's Instagram. Oh, I haven't. I'll look up that. That's very interesting. I'd like to, and maybe I should watch Emily in Paris now in preparation for that. Yeah, it's okay. It's one of those words you have on in the background. Oh, that's everything for me these days. Um, yeah. What did you think of the reappearance of the carry necklace? Uh, an old trope. Boring. Sorry. <laughs> and is at the end is Carrie in her old flat or is she in a new flat she's in her old flat I thought it was lovely when they used the Carrie necklace in the last episodes in Paris when she finds it and the music and but it's like yeah 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 we get it you're old you're bringing yourself back to Carrie again like that's already been established like well that's the issue the thing with Sex and the City was it was so perfectly finished that everything that's come since has not been necessary to an extent because like we did it was a very well-rounded finale so it was and obviously i'm happy there's more but i mean yeah when they reference carrie necklace it's like yeah again we've already that's already been nostalgic 10 years ago um yeah and then we see 
I like the use of the... I, I keep liking the music they're using. I have to be positive where I can. So I can see clearly now. I liked that. And um, Charlotte's getting rid that of the dolls, cute. the offensive dolls. <laughs> and Rock <laughs> is decorating and it's got new short hair. But more shockingly, Miranda's texting Chi. Chi. Che. Chi. Chi is eats. And like you said, Steve is just not even being shown at all, which I think is like almost trying to trick the audience like they want us to be almost get on board with this affair and they know if they show Steve we love Steve so much that we're just going to feel bad and judge Miranda but it's like no you're not going to get around us like that yeah it's a shame no and that's why you need people like Charlotte who are like you're having an affair like you know you're having an affair but also I'd like to see a bit more of what's going on with her and Steve like are they you know, we're losing touch of, of, of the realness of that. Like, oh, they're just laying on the sofa all day and then he's gone. It's like, no, there are more nuances to that. Have they been bickering? What's, you know, what's Steve up to? Maybe like we said last episode, maybe he's having an affair. Like, you can't just write the guy out. He hasn't been in three episodes. And you're right. I think Charlotte would have mentioned Steve because she, remember how judgmental she was when Carrie had sex with Big when he was married to Natasha? Like, Charlotte yeah. is very upholding of marriage vows and stuff. And she didn't even mention Steve during the picnic discussion. And I think she would have done. And no one's really mentioning Steve. Carrie did once briefly, but mainly she was focused on piss and lesbian sex. Which I yes. get. Um, but what do you think Steve would say about this? Please give us your best Steve. Miranda, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I know you're busy wanking, but could you please turn the vibrator off? I'm trying to talk to you here. I know about Shay. Well, he wouldn't say that because he's deaf, so he wouldn't hear the vibrator, but maybe he can feel it. He, he can feel it. You know, when they go to nightclubs, then they just have very high vibrations on the floor instead of music. Yeah, you're right. And what would Samantha say? I actually prepared one this week. Oh, what, what would she say? You go first. The doctor said you need a facelift? I'm going to find some hot female doctor who knows what all this is about. You are lucky to have touched my breast. I'll throw it back there. That's <laughs> cheating. I know. <laughs> um, you're seeing Seema. Honey, I suggest you get some Seema. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> as soon as you said Seema, I knew where that was going. <laughs> and she will be saying well, that I'm exact quote. Well, I'm sticking with my four. On Emily in Paris. <laughs> Next season. Yes. What? Are you sticking with your uh, eight? Do you know, I keep doing this. I give it a high score and then we go through and trash everything in the episode. I think I, <laughs> I'll have to come down to a six because I didn't really say anything nice till the last scene. <laughs> <laughs> the credits. Literally the music at the credits. Directed by Cynthia Nixon. You said, I've got to say something positive. I do like that song. Uh, I can see clearly now the rain God, is gone. I did say that. <laughs> Well, yeah, a six. And even a six is probably too high. But I don't know. I just, I think I enjoy not liking it. If that makes sense. Definitely. I, I love slagging stuff off. So this is perfect. And I don't think it's like unwatchable. So I'm enjoying watching it. But part of my enjoyment watching it is picking apart everything that I think is stupid. <laughs> this has been a long episode. This is our longest episode we've done so far. And actually, there was nothing Which to talk is about. interesting. Yeah, exactly. It was a very nothing episode. And it's, yeah, this has been the most. So maybe 
uh, well, I'm sure what we talked about was absolute tripe. So let us know in the comments. Please do. But you have an actual child to pick up. Yeah, I do need to go get my child. I have to go pick up early because for some reason she keeps saying mummy, mummy. She's like the only person that wants to hang out with me, so. And you're trying to masturbate in peace. Beep, 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 beep. Sorry, sorry, Ed. <laughs> That's what the beeping was. It was Miranda's vibrator. But low no batteries. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening and we will see yeah, you. Thank you, guys. Okay, so from next week, we're not going to be on Mondays because Drag Race is back. So we're going to be, I believe, on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. We haven't decided yet, but we will update in due course and we will yeah. be doing the rest of the season, but just on a different day. So bear with us. And thank you for listening. Yes. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys.